It is Christ the King Sunday, the end of the liturgical year for the church, and even in the growing darkness of the season, and the days are getting shorter, and the nights are getting longer, this is the time uh, where people will tend in the darkness to look for the light. In days past, if you are a person who is feeling a little anxious because the darkness seems to be closing in, maybe things don't seem like they're working out the way you would like for them to in many different areas of your life, whether it's your home, your family, your business, your church, your denomination, your government, your city, your town, your community. You know, it just seems like it's closing in. Don't you wish you just had a king? Now, that, that's not a real popular thing to say to North American uh, people. We, we've never had a king. Well, there were some Tories back in 1774. People didn't like them much. They said, if you just let the king run things, it'd be all right. But we chose democracy. And yet I'm up here talking about Christ the King. You see, a king is the one to whom you look to make things work, the one you trust, source of all power, all authority. It's what makes this world make sense. If you're here today and there's some aspect of your life that you would love to turn to someone to help make it all make sense, here is the good news of the gospel. Christ our Lord Jesus Christ is king. And at this table, you will be invited in faith to come and believe and receive your king. The one who makes it all make sense. The one who pulls it all together. This will be my last sermon from the Psalms this year. I love preaching from the Psalms, and the scripture this morning is from perhaps one of the greatest reassuring Psalms that I know, Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though the waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of the city. It shall not be moved. God will help it when morning dawns. The nations are in an uproar. The kingdoms totter. He utters his earth, his voice, and the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come and behold the works of the Lord. See what desolation he brought in the earth. He makes wars to cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shield with fire. Be still and know that I am God. 
I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Listen for the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So for the last few weeks, this psalm has been rolling around in my head. I can't, I can't get enough of it. I love to read it over and over, especially when I consider some of the trials and difficulties and darkness that seems to be gathering around me. My, my father spent way too much time watching Senate hearings on television this week. I was glad I was too busy to watch them. And in the midst of this growing darkness, the psalm kept resonating in my head and it, it brought a sense of power and peace that I long for. If you remember last week as, as Phil was preaching, he said something that really struck me as this psalm was rolling around in my head. Phil said, you know, preaching is getting harder and harder to do. I don't know if you remember him saying that. I said, you know, it really is. In this world of ours where words are being grasped and peoples tend to use them to, to divide us and, and we speak out words in an environment where everybody or a lot of people seem to be very ready to be offended by something you say or something you ascribe to or something you belong to. And it really struck me, yeah, it's harder and harder to get up and to tell people, you know, God is our refuge and our strength. Don't take offense to one another. It's because God is the one to whom you should be looking for your salvation, for your security, for the peace that would allow you to be still and know that I am God. I grew up uh, in Northern Virginia, and growing up in Northern Virginia gave me a perspective on government that I've discovered in the rest of my life not everybody has. Did you know not everybody has a high level of trust in the government? I didn't know that. But growing up in the suburbs of Northern Virginia, new communities where people moved there from elsewhere to look for the federal government Almost everybody I knew worked for the federal government. And so I do have a higher degree of trust in civics, in government, in the goodness of a powerful and efficient government. And, and I've realized that not everybody does. And, I know, and I've tried to think, why, why do I think that? Well, it's because I also grew up going to church every Sunday and Wednesdays and youth group and, and children's choir. My, if the doors were open, I was there. And so in my world as a young person growing up on into adulthood, I had this sense that the people who worked for the most powerful government in the world also went to church and looked to Christ and received communion and prayed and read their Bibles. 
and look to God as the source of their salvation and their hope and their strength. Let me give you a few examples. Mr. Payne, Colonel Payne to everybody else, but to the youth group, we got to call him Mr. Payne and his wife Sandy. They led the youth group, the UMYF, in my church growing up. He went to work every day at the Pentagon, was on the uh, chief, uh, assistant to the chief of staff. Mrs. Minor, who worked for the Department of Housing and Urban Development, she led the youth choir. I think of Mr. Healy, who, uh, <clears throat> who worked for the State Department, whatever that means, but he taught CCD at the Roman Catholic Church, and my buddy Joe was Roman Catholic, and whenever I spent the night at Joe's house on Friday night, I had to get up and go to CCD at the Catholic Church and hear Mr. Healy. I think of Mr. Young, who was in the Carter administration, and he was an usher in our church every Sunday. I think of Mrs. Mr. Lawrence, who led the band, who was a naval commander. I think of Mr. Mills, who uh, he didn't work for the federal government. He was what we called a beltway bandit. He, uh, he ran a business that procured weapon systems for the Army and the Navy and the Air Force. He was the chair of our church council. I think of Miss Young, who taught Bible study and worked for the Social Security Administration. Mr. Martin, who called, who worked for NASA, and he took pictures, big black and white pictures with his fancy camera. And this is before digital, right? So we had all these beautiful pictures in our church that Mr. Minor took. Mr. McLean, who was my junior high Sunday school teacher, who worked for the Aviation Administration and uh, researched all, anytime there was a plane crash, he was the one who would go and figure out and find the black box and all that. And he'd throw us in his uh, country squire station wagon once a year and take us to Old Rag Mountain instead of going to church. It was great. These are the people who built my understanding of who God was and how I could look to God as the source of my strength and the, the source of, of my faith. All these people and millions more of them put you know, their trust in the government and the military and the social programs for their livelihood and yet in my mind they were people who were looking for Jesus and found him in the church and received communion as they looked for the source of their strength and their hope and the love in this world. And the, one, the, the thing that they had more in common than who they worked for in the federal government was who they were looking for when they came to church. And they were looking for Jesus. They were looking for that source of hope and strength in this world. And, and like you, they, they regularly attended church. They would come to listen to sermons. Last week when Phil was saying, you know, it's harder and harder to preach a sermon, I can't, what is my motivation for being up here and delivering a sermon to talk about Christ the King? And I realized it was two things. One is the fact that you're in the pew. That's one of the reasons I'm up here preaching. It's because you're in the pew. 
Now, we live in a world where fewer and fewer people are in the pews, listening to sermon, seeking out God, looking for love and grace and power. But the second reason is in this psalm. Because by faith, I have come to believe that truly, God is my refuge and my strength. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. And I look nowhere else, not even the federal government or in the days of the early church, the Roman Empire. The church was saying, don't look to the Roman Empire for your security. It is in Christ and Christ alone, the Savior of heaven and earth, Jesus the Christ crucified, rose again. The love of God in Jesus Christ has the strength and power that is unequaled in this world. And I hope that you have come here today to hear that, to affirm that. But I hope even more that you think of the people who are not here, people who do not come to hear and to affirm and to believe that Jesus Christ, the love of God, is the strength and the power in this world unequaled not even by working for the federal government. So where is the source of your strength and your power? Where is the source of your hope? Where, have your, where do you look for this world to make sense? I'm glad you're here looking for it this morning. And we will be offering Christ to you at the end of this service, and you are encouraged to come in faith. But I'm also mindful of those who are not looking or are looking elsewhere. There's an old story from the time of the, uh, the early church. <clears throat> this is a time when uh, Egypt was one of the centers of power and intellect and reason. Alexandria and Cairo were great sources of wisdom and knowledge. Uh, and there's a story that talks about a sage who lived in Cairo. And people would journey from all over the Mediterranean uh, area to Cairo to, to sit at the feet of this sage. And he would receive travelers into his chamber and there'd be people sitting around listening. And the story is told that there were two groups of travelers that traveled to Cairo. And, and the first group came in to, uh, to before the sage and they said, Master, we have traveled far to come to Cairo and, and, and we arrived here. It was amazing. People were kind to us. They gave water to us. They shared their food with us. They gave us directions on, on how to find you. And we found this to be a lovely and pleasant, beautiful city to come to. And the sage said, and so you are right. This is a lovely and beautiful and wonderful city to come to. Go in peace. And they left. And then the next group of travelers journeyed in and they said, Master, we have come very far to Cairo. And when we arrived here, we were robbed. They stole our money. Nobody helped us. We were thirsty. Nobody gave us water. Somebody gave us bad directions. We got lost getting here. This is an awful place. And the master says, and so you are right. And I'm glad that you have come. Go in peace. And that they left. 
And all the people who sat around listening to the sage said, they said, wait a minute. You just said the same thing to two people who came with different experiences. And the sage said, because most times you will find what you're looking for. What do you find when you come looking for Christ? What do you find when you listen to the sermons or the music or the prayers, when you read the scriptures, when you pray your devotions, and consider those who do none of those things. What are people looking for? I've come to the place in ministry where I believe people are looking but they have somehow not found their way to Christ. And a lot of that falls on we the people. We who do come and who have found Christ and who receive him and believe in him and trust in him as the power and the sovereignty and the king of this world. Jesus endured and overcame every trial, every temptation, even the cross, anything that we might face. And he rose again on the third day that's to show that even death is conquered by God's grace and love in Christ. So I've been looking for Jesus for a long time, since I was little. And I found him in the church, the body of Christ in this world. And I pray that if you, like me and thousands of others throughout history, can live the lives that you have and receive the paychecks that you have from wherever you receive them, that in the bottom of your soul you turn to the King, the Lord of heaven and earth, Jesus the Christ, and you find him because it's what you've been looking for. In the turmoils and the worries and the trials and the growing darkness of this world, the church is hanging up lights and decorating and preparing for the time of the proclamation of the king. This morning, as we gather in our time of worship, you are invited to be a people who come and find what you're looking for. Jesus the Christ at this table.